1: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
2: Our show is about background checks, and I have to tell you, there are so many people now that, are out of work, and when they're looking for work, they're going to be subject to a background check or some kind of credit check. And today we are going to be speaking with one of my very favorite consumer lawyer litigators who is truly a hero for consumers. He's been on our show several times before, but I always have to have him on because he does such great work. We're going to be speaking with attorney Robert Brennan. And he grew up steeped in the legal tradition. His family, oh, my goodness. His uncle was a former U.S. Supreme Court Justice, Justice William J. Brennan. You must have heard of him. And his father, his own father, Frank Brennan, was chief in-house counsel for several major U.S. corporations during his long career. Bob Brennan began his career in civil litigation back in 1988 and he opened his own general practice, the law firm of Robert Brennan in nineteen ninety one. And you can find out a lot about him at Brennan Law, that's B-R-E-N-N-A-N Law.com, and of course on our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Bob's firm specializes in litigating cases related to the violations of consumer protection laws, including unfair and abusive debt collection, lemon law, automotive dealer fraud, wrongful credit damage, personal injury, and consumer protection class actions. Bob is an experienced and aggressive trial lawyer with an excellent win record. His litigation experience includes medical malpractice, consumer fraud, and personal injury and business litigation. He's also a nationally recognized speaker And on consumer protection and consumer fraud issues. And he's published numerous articles about those issues. And he's litigated those issues. And he's the co-author of a book that I have right in front of me called Debt Collection Answers, How to Use Debt Collection Laws to Protect Your Rights. And boy, now the debt collection is crazy with this economy. And you can get a lot more information not only at BrennanLaw.com, but SoCalDebtCollectionAbuse.com. And SoCalCreditDamage.com. Thank you, Bob, for joining us again. You are so wonderful.
0: Marie, thank you so much. I, I, w- whenever you make that introduction, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like if I met the guy in the street, I might not recognize him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, 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 he'd be walking on water. You wouldn't meet him on the street. You'd meet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you deserve all those kudos. Really, uh, we're we're so thrilled that not only that you come on our show, but you always collaborate and give great uh, advice for so many of my own clients, and collaborate with me. You're wonderful. Oh, so, so God. let's let's talk about uh, some of the things that people really don't know about. That's real important. For example, where are some of the places that our personal data is stored? other than just the everybody knows that the credit bureaus store it and, and they're worried about that, but where else?
0: Oh, Mari, it's all over the place. I mean, uh, just, just you know, before I start telling you exactly where, let me just say that I'd say about once or twice a year um, someone comes in and they offer to pay me money to basically completely clean their, uh, you know, all of the reports out there about them and all the sources, and I just say it's absolutely impossible. I mean, you do not know. Most consumers today, uh, literally, uh, if you know, you as as a professional who knows more about this area than just about anyone, I mean, if you really tried to get to the bottom of each and every report out there about Mari Mari Frank, you know, you would be, you you would, you would give up after a while. There's just so many. I mean, information is uh, probably, you know, the most valuable commodity. Uh, It's funny. you You see gas prices go up and down. You see housing prices go up and down. You see, you see stock prices go up and down the cost of information steadily rises. I mean, and, and, and the whole point is getting, you know, better and closer and more exacting information, uh, you know, about people. It is, it is just everywhere. There are more databases with, uh, you know, some information about Mari Frank or Bob Brennan or anyone out there than, than you can name.
2: You know, I just got that call yesterday. (laughs) I mean, I get it all the time as well. How do I get myself out of all these databases? And then I I had another guy call me and said, you know, my wife is an actress now and she looks really young for her age. How can I get it off the Internet um, where someone won't have any idea when she was born? You know, (laughs) because I said, don't ever lie. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is they can find it on any of these background checks that they can pay $20 for. They can find it. Yeah, so sure. you're you're absolutely right. I mean, we can try and do some things. We can get off. We can you know we can go into certain uh, websites, and if you go to privacyrights.org, dot org, they have a fact sheet that will help you get off some of these databases. But a lot of them that you and I've been talking about lately, we don't people don't even know about. So how can you, and you can't get off of them?
0: Yeah, and, you know, you did, and, and in my cases, I mean, sometimes I take this to the attention of the judges. You know, these are federal judges. These are people who. You know, spend each and every day learning and applying the law, and listening to you know attorneys and different people coming out of the courtroom discussing these issues, and they don't know about them. I mean, I mean, it's 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 you have to you have to basically be an insider to even even begin to comprehend all the different places that that your information is these
3: days. Yeah.
0: Uh, but but back to your original question, yeah. where where are some of the places? Okay, well, um, the big insurance uh, claims database, basically not only insurance claims, but every insurance application you've ever made. Uh, every insurance policy which was ever issued to you, uh, every time you may have been even a witness in a case which was involved with insurance. Uh, That is called Uh, ChoicePoint. ChoicePoint was famous a couple years ago because they had a monster uh, data breach down at ChoicePoint. It's originally an Equifax spin-off, and as a matter of fact, I'm looking at some notes that you sent me in the last couple days, and it's now owned by LexisNexis. That was new to me. I I did not know that. Yes. Um, I thought ChoicePoint was still a standalone company. I, I anticipate that one of the reasons... Uh, that they that they uh, sold themselves to LexisNexis was probably because of the data breach, because it was huge. But when people think about all the information that is um, involved in any of the insurance applications or insurance claims, I mean, it's really everything about them, everything. And that's not only, you know, third-party uh, insurance. Like, for instance, if you, uh, you know, you get in a car accident with Joe Jones and you make a claim against his insurance policy, but it's also first-party insurance, which means that ChoicePoint has at least some access to, you know, your health information, uh, you know, who your doctor is and and other stuff, which is, you know, because that's covered by your insurance.
2: Not only that, Bob, when, when Lloyd, my, my husband got his captain's license about six years ago and, you know, he had to take a drug test and we get this report back and, and the report is from choice point. Mm -hmm. We couldn't believe it. So they even have drug information about you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one, um, Lexis we've been talking about LexisNexis, the reason that I come across LexisNexis a lot is because a lot of investigators uh use Lexis Nexus and and I'll be honest with you I do not know everything that is in the Lexis Nexus database is and I have to stress databases plural yes. because I I think that Lexis Nexus I, I I'm I'm inclined to believe that they've got a database for just about everything out there. Exactly. Um, you know <laughs> in, investigators and then also as as you know as you know or, or as as I, I believe you know, I mean, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, cable TV providers and Internet providers and things like that are now more and more and more keeping track of what channels we're watching. Uh, they're keeping track of, you know, what websites we're going on to and all that type of stuff. I, I honestly don't know where all that stuff is being stored. Uh, I, I expect that some of it would be with LexisNexis just because I think that they have a database for just about everything. But, I mean, you know, and... and there was there was one I, I read an article not too long ago where um, they want to and this is true, they want to outfit um, more and more new televisions, new flat screen televisions, with little chips which will be basically tuned in to when there's a, a disruption, any electrical disruption uh, within I think it's 30 feet of of the um, of the uh, of, of the flat screen TV. The point being that. When are you opening your refrigerator door? When are you turning on the stove? <laughs> I mean, no, no, I'm serious. I'm right. Sorry. and, that, I, and then I, mean, I,
2: I know. And then they, they're also they have these refrigerators that are going to tell you, hey, you know, um, you, you need more milk or you know what? You have too much junk food in here. And then they're going to report back to all of the manufacturers and that database. Somebody will say, oh, well, you can't insur- get insurance because, you know what? You eat too much ice cream.
0: That, that's, you know, you're exactly right. And, and you know not only not only from the insurance point of view but also from the marketing point of view i mean what they want is they want to know that you know bob bob brennan was watching a football game and did not get up and go to the refrigerator. But as soon as it it, it changed over to Desperate Housewives, he went over and got something from the refrigerator, <laughs> so that they could they could start you know they could start tailoring their advertising towards me you know something along the lines of a football game and not Desperate Housewives. <laughs> whereas whereas someone else is is going to be you know having a different you know a different pattern of where they're watching the TV or or anything like that. And and it's just custom so amount, marketing.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's called the target marketing and the custom marketing exactly.
0: Yeah, no, it's just it's just. Uh, I mean I mean in all the different ways I mean uh, you know unfortunately the ways that they're getting all this information from us are things that unfortunately uh, have become indispensable in the society I mean our our smartphones uh, you know you better believe that um you know the information that we're we're punching into our smartphones and the websites that we're looking at on our smartphones and so forth and so on. You better believe that they're keeping track of that.
2: And the government gets to see it, too. I think a, a real scary one that's coming is the smart grid where all of us are going to be on the smart grid. Right. And so people can see how much you say, oh, well, that that's how they can tell how much electric you're using or water you're using or whatever it is. But the truth of the matter is if there's some dirty employee, they're going to know when we're not home, when we're not using a lot. They can burglarize us. They could say whether we're using too much, um, looking for whatever we might be doing on that smart grid, how we're using our electric. Uh, this stuff is insidious because it's not transparent to us.
0: I know. I know. And, and getting back to the, you know, basically the subject of what we're talking about today, um, all of the information, all of the information in some form or another is actually being put into a, a, an, a report of some kind. Uh, fortunately, California has a law about consumer you know investigative consumer reports uh, where consumers have at least some some limited access to these reports. And again, one of the things that you know when, when you and I were preparing for this show, one of the things that we discussed was the fact that the consumer access to these reports is actually very limited. I mean I mean, right now, uh, if, for instance, there's a database out there about how I've used my cell phone or who I've called on my cell phone, or any website or email or pictures I might have taken you know with my cell phone, I mean, is there a database out there? The only place that I could think of, think of to go would be my, my cell phone provider itself, and they may or may not know uh, all the places that they sold the information because, they, you know, they gather the information, they sell it to companies like LexisNexis who then use it in investigative reports and things like that. I mean, it just goes on and on, so... You know I you know for a lot of for even for you and me we don't know we don't know all the reports that are out there about us we just don't know and, and the and other
2: I, thing you know someone like you who who does a lot of litigation in, in the fair Credit reporting Act, even with the credit bureaus, you know we get a consumer report we can go to annualcreditreport dot com and get our free consumer report, or we can have uh, credit monitoring and we get our consumer credit report, but that's not the same credit report that the commercial entities get, right? Why don't we oh, people yeah. don't even know that.
0: Yeah, see the thing, when when I settled these cases, I remember when I first started doing it, it's it's been close to ten years that I've been doing fair credit cases and, and roughly ten years ago, I remember um, I was I was settling a case with Experian and Experian and, and during the settlement conference, part of it was, was that uh, the, the consumer wanted to look at his credit report to make sure that his credit report was clear. All right. So, and, then, and then so we went to the experienced attorney and said, we want to make sure that we get a copy of the credit report when we settle this case. And they said, well, we can give you the disclosure, not the report. And, I, and I'm like, well, what is the difference between the disclosure and the report? Well, it has taken me a while to, to learn. It has taken me a while to learn this, but you're exactly right. I mean, the disclosure is what they show to the consumers. They call it a disclosure. The actual credit report uh, I have seen the actual credit report. It's 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 more in in um you know computer gra you know it's 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 less pretty than a consumer report and so forth and so on. In theory, it has the same information, but it doesn't always, uh, which is which is uh, you know uh, another frightening thing. But I mean, essentially, what they're sending to the credit granters in the world, to you know who want to review a loan application from Mari Frank or from Bob Brennan, is different than what the, than like if you call up Experian and would say, I would like a copy of my Experian credit report. You will not get your Experian credit report. You will get the Experian disclosure.
2: And there's some things on there that don't even belong to you, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, why I don't mean, you the tell them some
2: th- of the stuff that can can get on there that isn't even pertaining to them?
0: Well, the the problem is is that when they gather information about consumers, they cast a very wide net. And as anyone who's ever done any fishing knows, when you when you cast a wide net, you may bring in the fish, but you're also going to bring in some empty beer cans. <laughs> All right. So they they, ca- they cast a very wide net, and suddenly you know, there, there's a Mari M. Frank who lives in New York City, and there's a Mari O. Frank who lives in Minneapolis, and there's um, a woman who, uh, her married name was Mari L. Frank, uh, you know, briefly for six months, who lives in Reno, Nevada, and then she got a Nevada divorce or whatever like that, right. um, at least initially, because they all have the same name as Mari Frank. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be pulling in all this adif- uh, additional information. Okay, chances are, uh, at least one of them is not going to have very good credit. Now, to you know, let's be honest, to the to the credit of the credit bureaus, they do try to address this with the computers and with the various computer logarithms that they use. They do try to make sure that the Marie Frank who runs Privacy Piracy, uh, you know, does not have her credit uh, report uh, mixed up with with other people's credit reports. They do try, but the problem is is that they cast a very wide net. Um, all they need to do is get. You know, one little bit of information, depending on the database being used, by, uh, depending on the particular database, one piece of wrong, wrong information could result in a credit denial. Uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, uh, there, there's a, one company, which I'm sure you know about, it's called VerID. Uh, VerID used to be owned by Experian, and VerID basically, uh, someone else bought them, or they might be a standalone company now, but basically the only uh, information that they access, VerID, the only information that they access and, dis- and disseminate, is the above-the-line information about the consumer, basically name, uh, address, um, not Social Security number, just basically name, address, and, and so forth. I mean, that's the only information that they're interested in. But if you're, um, you know, Marie Frank, uh, you know, applying in Laguna Niguel for credit or something like that, and they run a VeriD report and they show you know, they show that you're living in, uh, you know, they show you're living in Kansas City, and then there's a cross-reference to an arrest warrant in, in Kansas City or something like that, suddenly you're not going to get credit in Laguna Miguel, even though they didn't actually pull your full credit report.
3: Right. So, I mean, it, it's it's
0: just one example of how, you know, the information out there is just, you know, one bit of wrong information uh, just, just uh, you know, can, can cause you a headache, even if it seems innocuous when you initially look at your credit report.
2: Right. And you know when you're talking about these databases you you were you and I had talked before about there's tenant databases that are used by landlords oh. and and um, and those also come up and and every everybody in their brother wants to get a background check on us now when we go to work for them. Exactly. So the background check not only is the credit report but it's these investigated consumer reports. So let's talk about you know that's that's a report that is subject to California and state law as well maybe we should talk about um what some of those laws are that govern all these issues
0: the the basic law that the that your listeners need to know is this about the investigative consumer reports and 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 you're absolutely right I mean I think I think if you're applying for a job you know uh down at the local uh jack-in-the-box or something like that and by the way nothing against jack-in-the-box um but I you know and you're a high school kid I don't think you know chances are they're they're probably going to accept your references and they're not going to uh you know they're not going to give you too hard of a time, but I mean, if you want to start applying for you know a, a higher position, you want to start applying for a position where you could get promoted into management. You want to start applying for a position which which is more a career type of job where you may be spending some time uh, at the place. Or if you want to apply for any type of job where you're handling money, um, you know, for in, not, I'm not talking about a cashier at a, at a at a corner store. I'm talking about like you're working in a bank or something like that. Uh, they're definitely going to going to pull uh, an, a background check on you. Um, and the background check is going to draw. In, it's the, see the thing is, is that you've got you've got just just unending uh, interconnected spider webs. You don't know where where the information for that background check is going to come from. But some company out there is going to have background a background check information on you, and they're going to be able to sell it to you know. Let's say you're applying for work at Wells Fargo. They're going to supply it to Wells Fargo, and if there's wrong information on there, that could cost you your job at Wells Fargo. Um, what consumers need to know is that. You know, I think most consumers, or at least many consumers nowadays, because of all the publicity about credit scores and because of the, you know, the mortgage meltdown and all that type of stuff, I mean, more and more consumers have become aware of what a, what a FICO score is, what a credit score is, and they're also aware of the, the big three credit reporting bureaus, you know, which is Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. What they're not aware of is just the numerous, and I mean numerous, uh, databases and companies out there that will sell employment background information now, California does have uh, the Investigative Consumer Reporting Agencies Act, and basically what it says is that when you apply for a job, and let's just keep it really simple because it also applies for tenancy and it also applies for you know, when you're trying to rent an apartment and it also applies when you're uh, trying to get insurance. Um, when you go in and apply for, let's say, a job, and let's say it's going to be a Wells Fargo Bank, when they present you with your employment application, they also have to present you with a form where if you check the box, they have to provide you with a copy of any um, investigative consumer report that they pull.
2: Now, That's- let's just stop there right now because we need to tell you, if you're listening to this and you are applying for a job always. and you're in California, always, always check that box. Oh, absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. Now, the, the uh, federal law is a little bit different, but any, I think you should always write on there. If you're listening and you are not in a state that allows you – automatically to get that if you mark the box absolutely right on your application that you want a copy of the report absolutely
0: any report pulled on you and, and you know particularly for more you know sensitive you know government type positions i mean they may be pulling more than one report they may be pulling two or three so you want a copy of all reports that are pulled on you you know which is which is something that that uh you have to consider and, and take it a step further, because I think that this is important for your listeners to understand. If you don't see your opportunity to get a copy of your investigative consumer report exists at the time that you're making the application, it does not exist later. You, as a practical matter, if you write to your, um, the employer that turns you down or the landlord that turns you down and you say, I want to know exactly uh, you know, what information you were relying upon when you turned me down for that job position or whatever – you know, chances are you're going to get it, but as a matter of law, the way to guarantee that you get a copy of it is to uh, is to check that box when you're presented with the application. Yeah. That is the way that you can that you can guarantee yourself that you're going to be getting it. Getting it, and um, it's
2: probably a good idea to order your own yourself. You know, at a reputable place. When you were talking about there's so many. I mean, there. I, I one day I just typed in the word background check into Google, and there were hundreds of thousands. Where you could get this, so oh, yeah. so the big ones like you were talking about, um, you know, ChoicePoint, LexisNexis, Axiom, all the all these really big ones that sell, they resell to other re, uh, smaller credit reporting agencies, and then they resell it, and it's resold and resold, and then they they aren't always accurate, and then they sell information that's not correct. So it's probably a really good idea before you even go for a job is to get do your own background check. And you can do that, by the way, at choicepoint.com because they're probably going to be – they're one of the big ones. Even though they're part of LexisNexis, they still have their own website. So go to choicepoint.com and get your own background check and see what's on there before you even let somebody else get it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 that, and I think that that is excellent advice because, you know, as a practical matter, um, hearkening back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview – uh, as a practical matter, there is no living way that no one. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you quit. I don't care if you were 16 years old and you had 90 years, 90 more years on this earth, and you quit your job and you did nothing but, you will never, ever, ever get to the bottom of all the different reports that are out there about you. You're not going to. Right. So, so you know, quit it now. And then, and then for for you and me and for for most of us, I mean, we're you know busy with our jobs or our families or whatever. I mean, I mean, forget it. It's it, it would it would be a full time job, and you still want to get to the bottom. Um, you know, so so. You know, for people, um, you know, for people who are are you know busy uh, Americans uh, or Californians and who have to deal with this situation, I mean, what they need to do, I don't think you're exactly right. I think they need to preemptively uh, pull the reports, and I need I need to think they they need to preemptively dispute any false or inaccurate information that they find in the reports, and they need to they need to make this into more of a habit. Now, that does not mean an obsession. And, I mean, I do get And, you know, you know I'm sure you have them in your clients, client base as well. I mean, you get some people, uh, I get the idea that they sit in front of a computer screen 18 hours a day looking at the credit report and nothing but the credit report.
3: Right. I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's an insanity. Uh, you can get overly obsessed about it. You cannot get that obsessed about it. At some point or another, you got to, you know, number one is you have to recognize that there's probably going to be false information on your credit p- report no matter who you are number two is you just have to learn how to effectively dispute it. I mean, as a practical matter, that's the only thing you can do these days. Unfortunately, in California, the um, Investigative Consumer Reporting Agencies Act has a disputing mechanism, um, a legal uh, uh, enforced by the law, disputing mechanism, which is basically similar to the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Only it's
2: it's actually better. I mean, I think that there's certain aspects of it that are better at least than than federal law for background checks. Now, let's just kind of clarify for my audience. We're talking about two different kinds of reports. One is the credit report and I got to tell you that the that the good news is you have a lot of rights under the Fair Credit Reporting Act to dis, to see those reports, to access those reports, to dispute those reports and get the information resolved and taken off your report. And of course, one of the very best attorneys in the country is Bob Brennan, that if they don't do it, he can surely make sure that they're going to be sorry that they didn't do it right. The other report that that Bob and I are talking about now are is a different report. This is not credit. This is stuff like criminal background check. I mean, it can include credit, but but basically we're talking about the stuff that includes a criminal background check and they can even have um, a background check that goes into your psycho, the um, you know some of your psychological uh, aspects of, of your uh, background or your neighbors what your neighbors say about you it's uh, it's and you you wouldn't even know what they're saying about you interestingly enough I, I just interviewed uh, recently Dan Stormer and Dan Stormer just argued at the US Supreme Court. In a case where you may know about this, Bob, these NASA N A S A scientists who had um, they were not subject to any um, sensitive data. They didn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, reviewed for sensitive information at all. They they were just you know developing things uh, on NASA, just being creative. They they didn't have access to sensitive information. And NASA said, in order for you to get a badge, not only do we have to do a complete background check, even though you've been here twenty years or thirty years, but now to get these new badges, you have to sit we have to find out about your sex life and we have to find, yeah, I'm telling you about um, all your psychological we want all the psychological interviews, any medicines that you've taken, everything to get this badge. And so he just argued this to the Supreme Court, and, you know, and it should be coming out in a few months but whether or not NASA had a right to do that when there was no need to do that because they weren't subject, you know, they didn't have any access to sensitive information.
0: Well, well and it also begs another question, Mari. I mean, come on. I, I mean, how many people in this day and age are going to, are going to actually, you know, clear the bar on that kind of a, on that kind of a background check. I mean, you know, our, our last three presidents have all used, uh, you know, marijuana. I mean, it's, it's, it it it's just it doesn't uh you know it, it just doesn't make any sense at all that that you know that that they're creating this uh, perfect person standard and expecting these applicants to actually live up to it and and you know and and it, it's just it, it makes no sense at all and you know if a person um you know what what a person does in his or her you know uh living room or bedroom or something like that uh on the weekend and after hours and and you know is their business i mean as far as i'm concerned i mean obviously you know, if you've got a person who's currently you know involved with illicit drugs or something like that well that's obviously something which is very important and I, and I would you know, any kind of security clearance position I would want to know that but you know beyond that I mean what is what is the necessity of having all this information I mean I I'm always you know to me the <coughs> the, the flip side of the coin here to me is always blackmail I mean I mean the thing is is uh what what they really what they're really doing in my in my opinion and I'm just telling you what my opinion is and, and it's not it's not it's backed up anecdotally, but it's not backed up what I might call statistically. What they're really doing is they're getting blackmail information on people. So if, for instance, they went to work at NASA and they found out that NASA was trying to grow marijuana on the moon or something you know something crazy like that that you know only NASA knows about and so forth. so the person you know the person who learns about it decides, hey, you know, I want to go tell the you know the uh, investigative reporters about this because you know I think that that's something that the American public should know about. Well, all of a sudden, now they've got you know multiple reports on the person that the person, uh, you know, you know, maybe uh, maybe wasn't always faithful to his wife or maybe you know, maybe he took Prozac for a couple of years or whatever. I mean, stuff that he doesn't want to become public. I mean, to me, you know, the the the, the dark underbelly of this whole thing is the potential of blackmail. And, and I think that that's also something that a lot of privacy advocates object to. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you are you are, you know, you are giving them tools with which to destroy your life, and I, and I think a lot of people recognize that, and that's one of the reasons that privacy is such an important issue these days.
2: And, you know, these people didn't even need security clearance when you were talking about sec- I mean, they absolutely didn't have to have security clearance. It was just to get this badge, and it was funny because when I was talking with Dan about this, he said, you know, Mari, um, anybody could go on this NASA campus where they were developing stuff where these, you know, old scientists, these guys have been there 20 years, 30 years. And he says, you know, for them to get on the campus, for the scientists to get on the campus, they needed a badge. But for the pizza delivery guy, he could come on. He doesn't need a badge. (laughs) It's just ludicrous. But um, it'll be interesting. We had a, a fabulous, you know, interview about that. But I think the whole point is, is that, you know, I think you're right. Remember with Valerie Plame, that whole issue? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it my jumped into my head is, yeah, for blackmail or for politics or for whatever reason. But I think even beyond that, you know, they're going to have these databases, and it isn't clear who they're going to share these databases with. Yeah, you it, know, it, and it, and and how? Um, what if they're hacked? And you know what? What if people get into it and they expose it on the internet? Oh
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and you know. It, it, it is awful. I mean, it is awful that that basically they're just continuously gathering information about us. But I mean, forcing us into a position where we have to start divulging that information. I mean, I mean that that is a step further. I mean, the thing is, is that right now, I mean, obviously every electronic financial transaction and every cell phone call and every email I've sent, you know, uh, probably exists or or some some form of record of it exists somewhere out there in, in the uh, in the in the uh, my honest fear. Okay, I you know, and I don't like that, but I mean I can I can more or less live with it. But I mean you're getting into, you know, a person's personal life, you're getting into, you know, what that person does, you know, what when that when that person really, you know, has left work and is and is, you know, among his friends or among his family and all that type of stuff. And at that point, you know, to me, uh, he he or she should be able to close his front door. And and, and I mean I mean basically having a law with, which forces them to open the front door for no and like you're pointing out for no good reason. I mean you know, granted, I mean, if we're talking about someone who's going to be, you know, the head of the CIA, and
3: right, you know, we had right. we
0: had the Robert Hansen thing, you know, a few years ago, where Robert Hansen was, you know, one of the most brilliant uh, counterintelligence people in the CIA, and it turns out that the guy was a was a KGB mole for years and years, and 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 an incredibly brilliant KGB mole, and you have know, you, got situations like that where i think yeah. if, if you're going to take on a position like that i think that there's that, a that's a
2: difference yeah and yeah. and that was the whole point is this these guys didn't need security clearance and these guys didn't even have access to anything sensitive whatsoever right. you know so that that that's we'll see what happens but let's get back to um the 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 laws cuz you started to talk that there's basically the civil code section 1785.3 okay and then we have So we have the Fair Credit Reporting Act at the California level, besides the Fair Credit Reporting Act at the federal level, and then we have the Investigative Consumer Reporting Act, and that is the one about the background checks where people can collect other stuff about you. So let's talk about some of the abuses that you've actually seen yourself with these independent data reporting agencies.
0: Well, I got to say, the one the one that we're seeing a lot of, and the one that um, and and the one that, frankly, we want to start uh, doing more work on is is uh, tenant tenant screenings. Uh, the <laughs> I'm sorry, um, you know, uh, okay, uh, you know, let's be honest. I mean, tenants want to know if you know if, if they've got a person who uh, you know has uh, you know had ten UDS against them, ten unlawful detainer actions against them for not paying their their rent at different apartments. I mean, that obviously is something which is legitimate information. Um, in my experience and, and, and it, it's somewhat limited I've seen I've seen a few of these cases in my office um, I, I, I cannot uh, speak for the entire industry but I will tell you uh, based upon my my current view of what I have seen and that is that the companies which compile the information for the tenant screening uh, for the tenant screening companies are, are very sloppy and uh, as you know I mean a lot of tenants um, in in uh, the United States, and a lot of people were buying homes in the United States. I mean, they have they will frequently have similar uh, Asian last names. They will frequently have similar Latino last names. Uh, you know, one thing about uh, being Anglo is that we tend to all have, you know, you know, there's there's Smith and there's Johnson. I mean, there's a few you know very common names out there. But I mean, it's not like other cultures where. You know, like like uh, in the Korean, uh, you know, Korean community. I mean, there about three or four last names are going to cover a sizable portion of the population. Right. Uh, and in the Latino community, and in the Chinese American community, I mean, it's the same thing.
2: But I um, have I had three clients named David Smith. Yeah. So you was, know what I mean? It, it can be anywhere.
0: Yeah. Anywhere. And, and and they're they're just they're very sloppy. They're very sloppy. Uh, the one we've got right now, uh, it's it's a um, you know it's, it's a it basically it's a a situation where a client of mine who's uh, an Asian lady, her, name, her last name was Lee, which is a common uh, Asian surname. Um, there was another, it just so happened that there was another uh, woman with the last name of Lee living in her same uh, condo complex who stopped making her payments. Well, they not only, they went out and they did a completely bogus service of the lawsuit on my client, and then they started garnishing her wages. Uh. And, she, and, she, and she literally didn't know what it was about. And so she, you know, she wrote letters. She offered to come in for a polygraph test. You know, she offered to come in for handwriting examples. And they were just no, no, and no, because they have, you know, they looked at their, uh, they looked at the report, and they thought that they had the right uh, Mrs. Lee, and and they were just going to, you know, they are just going to continue on with this garnishment. We had to, you know, when she came to me, we had to go into court, uh, you know, with with all kinds of evidence that they had the wrong Mrs. Lee. And finally, I mean, finally, you know, the other side did not back down. The judge finally said, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, uh, condominium Landlord over there, you guys got the wrong Mrs. Lee. Well, anyway, um, you know. And then as soon, uh, of course, you know, what I always love about about these uh, creditors, you know, and 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 they rely on this information. But what I always love is as soon as you beat them, then it's like, well, you know, we're sorry, and let's just go away, let's just go on our way, and you know, right. you know what 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 what? How can we make Mrs. Lee happy? Can we buy her a Starbucks gift card? Right, give no, her five hundred dollars. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> like, no. I mean, you've made her life. You you garnished her wages. You've made her life miserable for a year i mean i mean they come to me and they, and they and they insult me when they say when they say that uh you know oh well, well now that we're going to give all the garnished money back and, and that'll make everything all right right <laughs> and i'm like no i mean i mean my client had to go to a doctor because she was so completely frustrated and stressed out you know about this whole situation I all mean,
2: oh, the time and the it, energy and the fear of what's going to happen to her
0: yeah, she she couldn't sleep for months. I mean, she couldn't sleep for months. and and also, I mean as you know, I don't have to tell you because I know something about you know your own personal experiences. I mean, I mean, you always live with the apprehension that it's going to happen all over again. I mean it's it's uh, you know, and, and a lot of people who go through an identity theft or a mixed file. I mean, I mean, they you know it changes their lives. I mean, they're afraid that something like this is going to happen in the future. They feel powerless against it.
2: And she I mean, doesn't know like if gonna... somebody somebody's going to arrest her in the future because of this confusion.
0: Exactly. She doesn't know. No. And, and, you know, I, I mean, <coughs> you know, now now can she, <coughs> you know, safely and securely open a bank account? Now can she, you know, she safely and securely, uh, you know, start investing or something like that? Well, the, you know, she she's worried about all these things. And the other right. side comes up and they say, well, we'll give her back the garnish money, and that'll make everything all right, right? And I'm like, no. Uh, you know, you, you're going to come down and you're going to – we're going to put this out in front of a jury, and we're going to let a jury decide uh, what is right here. And, and believe me, I'm I'm going to be happy to do that. But – Getting back to, to where, where we got to Well, they
2: surely that. shirked their duties, you know, Oh yeah, absolutely no, no, see, under the Investigative Consumer Reporting uh, Agencies Act. You know, they, they, report, they did not verify what they were doing. I mean, yeah, they didn't no. even verify what, who was who.
0: And, and see, that, but there's a whole other step here, which is something that the other side will never admit to, but, but it happens to be true. The Mrs. Lee that uh, they started garnishing her wages, she happened to have a steady job. She happened to have a good income. She happened to have uh, the money to pay for the garnishment, even if it was wrong, even if it was wrongful. Oh. So what incentive do they have to you know to to drop uh, you know drop the garnishment against the good Mrs. Lee and start going after the dead people?
2: she has people no where, money <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: exactly where they're not going to get paid. I mean I mean so it, it, it's it's a a penalty in itself to have some money in this in this culture and and the creditors know it. And the creditors you know when the creditors have a a fish on the line, like the good Mrs. Lee. They don't want to let them. They don't want to let go of them. They they just plain don't. We had to go down into court and file motions and make multiple appearances and all that type of stuff before they before the, the the judge finally had to tell them, "Hey, get out of here. You know, you got the wrong Mrs. Lee."
2: And you know what? I think the best thing about our California law, which is so much better than the federal law, is that under the uh, the uh, the California law, they have certain duties, and if they shirk those duties, you can get the cost of the actual case you know all the court costs you can get your attorney's fees for going after them and then of course you get the damages oh, yeah. and and so you know uh, under the fair credit reporting act it's it's a little bit harder to get all these things but under the california Investigative Consumer Reporting Agency, Zach Boy, you really have some real teeth. And I think these uh, landlords that are using these agencies that are charging maybe $25 or something really cheap and just they're doing it quick, they're not verifying, they're not doing anything, they are just throwing it together. And then these um, these landlords are relying on it. And I think what's interesting is one of the things I just saw one recently, and the the act says that you have to have on the very first page of your report that, you know, a, a disclaimer in 14 point that this, you know, this may be uh, incorrect. So you have to look at it yourself to the landlord. And the one I just saw didn't even have that. It was a company out of state and they just didn't bother to know California law. So that that particular act really helps people who are in California. If you're listening and you you don't live in California, you're going to have to rely on the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which isn't which doesn't give you the same protections.
0: No, the, the Fair Credit Reporting Act is, is is not as good for this particular situation. Uh, I you know, but I I want to just expand upon one point you said, which was um, that you know the one company you were dealing with was out of state and they didn't have the 14 point disclaimer uh, on on the copy of the report. Uh, in my experience, and again, my experience um, in this area is, is somewhat more limited than going after the credit bureaus. I've gone after the credit bureaus repeatedly, and, and you know, and, and you know, the one benefit of the Fair Credit Reporting Act is it does give consumers, you know, the access to the courts because the attorney's fees are paid, uh, you know, by the by the credit bureaus when you win the case, or by the creditors when you right. win the case, right. the, and the same with the Investigative Reporting Act. Right. Um, you know, that's obviously very good, but you know a lot of these companies just have not they have not tasted the sword often enough to actually care about complying with the law right. and 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 you know so you see just unbelievable sloppiness i mean they just you know everything is you know the whole the whole you know the whole uh you know the mortgage documentation issue i mean everything is uh. just trying to make it uh you know just trying to make it automated just trying to make it so they can do a you know process a thousand foreclosures in a day you know it's the same it's the same with the investigative uh, reporting companies i mean they just want to you know they want to compile the information they want to distribute the information they want to sell it they want to do as many as they can they want to they want to have as few reinvestigations as possible uh, they don't they don't it hasn't occurred to them yet um that they can really damage people and and I mean, it's it's only going to take action in the courts to remind them and to point out to them that they can really ruin someone's life. And,
2: and, and, and Robert, uh, you are going to be one of those people who is going to be our consumer hero. Let me tell, <laughs> if you just tuned in, you can hear that I'm talking with this brilliant attorney who we've had on before. We're speaking with Robert Brennan, who is an attorney up in L.A. area. He grew up steeped in the legal tradi- tra- tradition. And his uncle was former U.S. Supreme Court Justice William J. Brennan. I sure wish we had him around still. And his father, Frank Brennan, was chief in-house counsel for a bunch of corporations. And Bob has done incredible work in every kind of aspect of um, consumer law. And he is also the author of Debt Collection Answers, How to Use Debt Collection Laws to Protect Your Rights. So, Bob... You know, how about a legal precedent? Is is there a legal precedent for individual consumers to pursue these types of cases?
0: Oh, absolutely, uh, Maria. It's no, number one is I think uh, the law is is a good law. The um you know the Investigative Consumer Reporting Agencies Act. Number two, to the extent that there is any scarcity of precedent under this law, because the language is so similar uh, in many important uh, instances to the language of the uh, California Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very easy to persuade a judge to, you know, just look across at the precedents which exist in these other places, you know, to make the right decision. So I know it's it's a uh, it's it's very, you know, it's a, it's a good law. Um,
2: How about Schoendorf, the Schoendorf case? Oh, Schoendorf
0: gonna... versus UD Registry. Yeah. that is, yeah. that, is uh, that is a case where uh, an individual consumer, yes, um, did uh, successfully pursue the action against UD Registry, and UD Registry is. Uh, you know, one of the big uh, tenants, uh, tenant background check companies, and, and and spanked them. And and I mean, and, and the, the amazing thing about um, Faye Schoendorf, I mean, Faye Schoendorf, I met her um, once, and we talked about her case and all that, but she basically did that, uh, she basically did that in proper.
2: Meaning by that. herself, for, for if you're listening, you don't know, pro per means that you do it on yourself, your appropriate person, your own self without an attorney. Tell us a little bit about that case.
0: Well, this is, this is a, a lady who had false information on her UD, uh, on her UD um, Registry tenant background check report, and she was repeatedly denied uh, you know, uh, 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 the, the opportunity to rent apartments because of this false information that was existing on her UD Registry report. Well, she got a hold of it. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, she got a hold of the report and found out the report was coming from UD Registry, and uh, she went to UD Registry, and she basically told uh, UD Registry that they had incorrect information about her, and she documented to UD Registry that they had incorrect information about her. And, and UD Registry, acting, you know, like a, like the arrogant uh, investigative consumer uh, agency that it is, uh, said, well, so what? We think you're the right face face Schoendorf who should have this, you know, this bad information about you, and so forth and so on, and. Uh, you know, Ms. Schoendorf got uh, incensed enough at Ud Registry that she decided to sue, and um, she uh, took it not only to, not only to a successful verdict in the uh, trial court, but then it went up to the court of appeals, the Second District Court of Appeals sitting in Los Angeles, and they and they came down and said uh, Ms. Schoendorf is absolutely right. I mean, she's got a right not only to make these people uh, clean up her credit report, but she's also got a right to, to damages. And, and I don't know exactly because the case ultimately settled confidentially, but my understanding is at the trial level, that the jury had given her pretty substantial damages because they were outraged uh, that UD Registry basically was carrying this false information about Ms. Schoendorf and was refusing to clean it up.
2: And, and um, there's punitives under this statute as well. So if there is gross negligence or if there is malice, I mean, if it looked like it was almost intentional that bad, then you can get punitive damages after, under this statute as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. that That is true. and And, you know, a very powerful statute. Consumers need to know about it. Uh, yeah, but if, if your consumers carry away nothing more uh, than this, than from this one thing from this conversation, they got to check that box when they apply for insurance, whenever they apply for a job, you know, whenever they apply to rent a new uh, apartment or something like that, they've got to check that box that gives them access to the reports. They have to. And, if, and you're right. <laughs> if the box is not there, they have to write on their application that they want a copy of any reports considered in, in evaluating their application. I mean, they've got to. They've got to do that because the first step you know the 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 key step on all these cases is getting the report that has the bad information. I mean, with the credit bureaus it's pretty easy. you know you go on to you know annual dot com you get it for free once a year or twice a year, whatever it is um you know you can go directly to the credit uh, bureaus themselves, dot com transunion dot com um and 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 there's enough information about them out there that people i think know where to go but but these these uh, independent uh, background check uh, reports, you know, uh, it's like you say, you, you, you plugged in background check onto Google and you got how many, how many? Uh, I mean,
2: hundreds of thousands. I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and you don't know, you don't, I mean, Joe it, Jones on the street doesn't, doesn't necessarily know that the, um, you know, the Sam Smith investigative reporting agency is going to be the one uh, supplying the, uh, you know, the, uh, the background check to the, you know, the Ace Hardware store where he's, where he's submitting his application. The only way that he can, he can guarantee that he's going to know that if he, is if he checks that box when he submits his application or um, so, you know hands in a letter or writes on the application itself that he wants a copy of any reports considered in evaluating his application.
2: And if he is denied under, under the, the code, you, uh, and if you're denied and you tell him this is wrong and I'm denied and it's wrong, you have a right to a free report from, from the agency. Yeah, but uh,
0: I, gotta, I don't think that uh, – let me just tell you what I consider to be a loophole. and Okay. I, I, and I, I don't – see, the thing is, is particularly in this particular market, you've got a position that opens up um, – let's say you've got a position that opens up at, uh, let's say, Safeway. And, you know, you got you got 50 applicants for the position because, you know, a lot of people are out there looking for work, you know. Uh, and and uh, <clears throat> let's say one of the ladies who – you know, once the position, you know, her name is Mary Smith and she doesn't check
2: the box. Right. Uh, right. You know, you're talking it. about employment. I was talking about if you don't get the if you don't get the uh, the the apartment. That's what I was thinking of at the time. Same but thing. you're right. You yeah.
0: Got a, got a lot of people losing their homes or out there right. for, for apartments. And, That's uh, true. you know, and, and, and the landlord can say, you know, the landlord cannot provide the report. and The landlord can simply say. You know, we had eight other applications for that particular apartment. And we decided to give it to Sam Smith. Exactly. We decided not to give it to you.
3: Right.
0: So that's what you know. So, the Consumer Report could have done its poisonous job. It could have. It could have poisoned. The landlord of the potential employer into believing that you're a bad person
2: and Maybe you know that, that and I should say that that is so right let me give a good example I had a client several years ago that you know Sylvia and Tillis, who became Sylvia Goldsmith actually took this case with me but it was a poor guy who kept he was laid off from work he he thought he had a great background check he had great reviews great recommendations it's just that they were all laid off and he couldn't get a job he couldn't get a job and he didn't know why and it was because they had him linked with um, being convicted, uh, not convicted, but arrested in, in and the arrest records were made public in Ohio because he was arrested for murder and it wasn't him. And he never knew it for probably eight years. So you're absolutely right because they're not going to tell you, oh, well, we're not going to hire you because you were once arrested for murder and we're scared to death of you. They're going to say somebody else was better. Yeah, so that, that's that, absolutely right.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, is at the end of the day, you know, uh, a lot of a, a lot of employers, a lot of landlords, um, a lot of insurance companies—they don't want litigation. They, they don't want even the, the remotest threat of litigation. They want to do—they they, want to bury the body—is what they want to do. And the thing is, is that the body in this particular case happens to be a, a you know investigative consumer report, a background check report, which has false information. And particularly and I got to tell you something being, being perhaps a little bit on the cynical side, particularly if they think that the information might be false or might be actionable under the law, particularly in that situation, they want to bury it right. they, they want to put that through the shredder and they want to say and they want to say no, the reason that you know we didn't we didn't let uh you know let out the apartment to Bob Brennan is because uh, Marie Frank came along and we let it out to Murray Frank, and that's the only reason I mean and, you know and that's and that's uh you know that's that's what they want to do that, I mean this is a law where unfortunately. Um, the insurance companies and the tenants and the employers out—I mean the landlords and the employers out there—unfortunately, they do have an incentive to bury the body, and and that is why consumers really, really need to check that box when they make the application. There's just no question about it.
2: And you know, you and I had been talking about you know, once something gets into one report, it can mix. Like if you get something on your consumer background check, it can end up somewhere else. So, like, for example, I had found out recently, which you and I have been talking about, is that um, there was was a client of of mine who found out that there were several social security numbers, uh, that his social security number was being used by several other people with different names, and it was appearing all over the place. It was appearing on his background checks, okay? And so you're right. I mean, these kinds of things proliferate everywhere, Let's talk about some of these hidden reports that, that you don't seem to have even a right to uh, to get a copy under the Fair Credit Reporting Act.
0: Well, well, you you have just made me aware of of a new one. Uh, within the last couple of days, we've been talking about the so-called Social Security Report. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I cannot imagine any other reason that the bureaus, uh, the, the major bureaus, now we're talking about Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. I cannot imagine any reason at all. Why they came out with this new report that they're that they're shopping around, based only on social security number? Other than they want to avoid the requirements of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. I mean, I mean, you know, in short, if you write into Experian and you say I would like to see my social security report,
2: they won't give it to you.
0: You're not going to get it. You're going to no. get your your disclosure. You're going to get you. You're, they're going to get. They're going to get. You get to see what they want you to see. I mean, I mean, basically, is what it is. And and uh, yeah, I just I. I I cannot imagine uh, any good reason for this other than they want to avoid the Fair Credit Reporting Act. They want to avoid their essential obligation to show consumers what they're also showing to creditors and insurance companies and uh, you know prospective employers and whoever else happens to be looking at your credit.
2: Right, and and what's what I'm seeing from looking at the the websites of the three credit bureaus that are that are selling these social security searches. So a lot of companies want to get the Social Security search to see if you are you really are who you say you are, okay? They're trying to do it for verification purposes. So the credit bureaus are saying, okay, instead of having to buy the whole credit report, all you have to do is buy this SSN search, and then they tell you, well, you can't use it really for credit, but they know that they are. Oh, yeah, exactly. and, and that's what's the joke because one of my clients could not, could not get utilities in his name, even though he has a very high credit score, because th- they called him and said, "Well, wait a minute, we can't issue, uh, you know, the service to you." And he said, "Well, why?" And they said, "Well, because there's three other people with this using, you know, your social security number. We don't know if it's you or if it's not you." And he goes, "Well, I can send you something from the Social Security Administration." And they said, "Well, but we still can't do it." So his mother had to put it in her name, and then even when he was able to get a condo one of the conditions of the escrow was to prove that, indeed, that was his social. So, you know, I'm thinking, where, where is this being used? So, you know, my client looked at his credit report, and on his credit report, there aren't any other names. It's just his name is on there. There weren't any false uh, accounts. There wasn't anything like that. There were some false addresses, addresses that weren't his. So he told them, these aren't my addresses. I never lived here. But nothing else appeared. So that's how we found out that these people who are using his SSN were able to get their own credit profiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about you know why is it that 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 can even happen, Bob? How can well, that even happen? That's such a violation I mean, when they have a duty to have accurate records.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, how can it happen? Well, I, I guess you can say how can Enron happen? I mean, how can? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, the thing is, 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 you know. The, and, and I don't think I really don't think um, anyone is particularly naive anymore about what how a corporation will behave when when money is involved. I mean I mean that that's that's just the bottom line. I mean um, it, it's you know to me it is nothing but an effort to end run the Fair Credit Reporting Act. I mean it is nothing but there is no other explanation for it. Why can't why what you know why cannot the credit bureau just just uh, you know have their one credit report that they show to the consumer, that they give to the creditors, and that they also give to people who, who want to verify the Social Security number. I mean, I mean, the Social Security number is on your credit report. So, I mean, if, if they ask for a credit report for Joe Jones, they're going to get Joe Jones and they're going to get a Social Security number. And if Joe Jones is, is listed as having, you know, multiple Social Security numbers, that's going to show up. And uh, depending on the credit report, it could also show up that, you know, that the Social Security number may be linked to another consumer. I mean, that, I have actually seen that notation on credit reports.
2: And well, you know um, but then they get to sell they get to they get to sell the credit profile of the impersonator. I mean the impersonator is using another name. I don't know if it's that person's real name. There's three people using it. I don't know if they're using their real name, but they're using the SSN and they've got their own credit profile. What if they leave the country? You know? Uh my poor client's going to be saddled with all of the 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 fraudulent accounts. It's going to well, eventually come back to him.
0: What's what's really insidious about it is that is that it is an end run around the Fair Credit Reporting Act. The whole point of the Fair Credit Reporting Act is, you know, Bob Brennan. If Bob Brennan uh, suddenly gets a, uh, and, and by the way, I'm Robert F. Brennan. I'm, middle, I'm just going to use this, um, you know, by way of example. There there happens to be a guy in New Jersey named Robert E. Brennan. And Robert E. Brennan was uh, was uh, indicted and convicted on securities fraud charges about 20 years ago.
2: Oh, so we don't okay. want to yeah. mix that with you. Yeah, darn
0: right. <laughs> and, well, it actually did get mixed in a couple of different contexts, but I've mostly been able to straighten it out. Um, but, you know, I want to go. I want to be able to go on to my credit report. I want to be able to see the records that are that being shown to all my creditors to make sure that that Robert E. Brennan's credit and no one no one else who has a similar name to mine uh that none of their credit information is getting onto my credit report because you know that they're you know god knows what those people are up to
2: and then uh, they're which, sold you know and yeah. that information is sold so then when when we got the background check for my client the the credit reporting agencies sold the information about the you know that there are four people using the same social security number and that appeared on my client's background check yeah. so now he's looking to get a promotion and he's worried about that
0: yeah and and i got and and the skittish employer or uh, an employer with, uh, you know, what they consider to be a, a sensitive position, uh, a, a security clearance type of position, they're not going uh, – on that basis alone, even though your client is innocent, on that basis alone, they could probably deny him. I mean, just saying that, that this indicates some kind of instability, some kind of financial or, or, or you know, records instability or something like that. Which or is
2: suspicious. Just... Maybe he's using other names, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it maybe – it, you know, in the wrong mind, it indicates that the person is involved with criminals. I mean, who knows? But I mean, on that basis alone, it's going to uh, it's it's going to cause adverse consequences to the person who's having this done to them.
2: Exactly. So,
0: <laughs> it's it's you know, it's definitely an issue that 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 we want to look into. I mean, we want the bureaus and we want the uh, background check companies to comply with the law, and and you know they 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 whine and they and they cry oh it's expensive well yeah i mean the thing is is that these companies are making more money uh at, you know like i say i mean the one the one there's two things that are not going down in the current economy gold and information i mean i mean those That's things, right. that, you know continue to go up and up and up these people are not poor they have enormous sums of money and and uh, to make sure that they do not ruin our lives
2: our lives the- our reputations our ability to get a job or whatever Bob, I can't believe we are out of time. We always go through and just rush through all these things and get so many wonderful tidbits of important information for our consumers. You are absolutely wonderful. So just give your websites real quick, and we're going to have to end.
0: Well, Mari, thank you very much. And I'll give um, the websites are BrennanLaw.com, B R E N N A N, law, L A W.com, then uh, SoCalIdentityTheft.com, just one word, SoCalIdentityTheft. SoCalCreditDamage.com, and SoCalDebtCollectionAbuse.com.
2: Well, you are wonderful, and we are going to have you back again real soon, so we thank you so much for joining us, Bob.
0: Mari, thank you so much for having me as a guest.
2: Okay. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Please join us every Monday morning. From eight to nine a.m. and visit our website at kuci.org/privacypiracy. See our upcoming guests. Click on their websites. Look at their bios. Listen to our archived interviews. Download podcasts. And most of all, please write us emails about what's important to you or what you're worried about in this information age. Stay private.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.